0: And welcome back in another edition, Stripe Show Podcast. I'm Travis Fulton, and uh, special one here today, boys and girls, uh, made a phone call up to this man over here on my right hand side, or well, right, kind of left. What you, you get the idea. He's the only other one in the picture. His name is Scott Hamilton, one of the top teachers in the game, Cartersville, Georgia. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm um. I'm intrigued by uh, one of your. Well, let's see. How many players are you teaching now on the the PGA tour? It's got to be at least a dozen. Every time I talk
1: to you, the number goes up. Uh, It goes up and down. You know, if you do what (laughs) I do, you get hired and fired a lot, (laughs) man.
0: It's it's part of the business, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. If you're like, you know, I see young guys come out on tour and they teach somebody a little bit and then they, they, get fired and they're all hurt by it i mean it's just what it is man it's i don't even think anything about it
0: well you've been out there um a long time and yeah it is it is part of the business it's a it's a tough job as um these players are they got a lot on them. you know they got they got big um teams yeah you know a lot of people involved and i was talking to dr brett mccabe on the on the podcast about two weeks ago and he told me he goes i He thinks the teams are just going to get bigger. Like these guys, you're going to have a coach on the East Coast, West Coast, uh, bent grass specialists, Bermuda special. You know, this specialization in the sport, as you know, is really taken off. And um, he thinks the teams are going to get better. They can certainly afford it with the money that they play for. But I want to get to I got to start with a player that you've been working with for a while, played at Georgia Tech. His name is Vincent Whaley. I got to tell you something, Hamilton. uh, Vincent's coming on here. I've been watching him, and uh, he's starting to turn the corner. A lot of made cuts. This is his second year on the PGA Tour, uh, but he's finishing pretty consistently in the top 30. Tell us uh, a little bit about your boy, Vincent Whaley.
1: Yeah, I started teaching him, I guess, kind of before this season. I I don't even remember when I started helping him, but... it's i don't think it's been a year yet but it's you know it's kind of getting close to that and he was just you know when i started teaching him he he just had some real mechanical issues uh where he had the club in behind him he had a bunch of flexion it, like it'd get real deep and they need it a bunch and you know, it was just kind of some weird stuff. And honestly, I think it was one of those deals where he was kind of taught to do that, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to achieve something that wouldn't work for him. And, you know, we've worked really, I mean, Vince is awesome. He's, he's the guy, he's my young guy that I'm teaching that I'm really excited about. Like he's got all the tools. He's, he's got power, you know, he's an easy cruising 180 ball speed guy. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he can pop a long iron straight up in the air. Um, And he's just, you know, and he always drove it. Like he was known by all his friends because JT Griffin, who I've taught forever plays on the corn fair. He's the one that called and asked if I'd help him. And I'm like, yeah, man, send him up. And and, uh, he's always been a really good driver of the ball, no matter what he did. There are certain players you teach that it, it doesn't matter how they swing the club around them. They can hit a driver. It's, it's super interesting. Like I had, Corbin mills in yesterday i mean when i started with him the club was the steepest thing i'd ever seen out of the top and the guy still drove it great well vince was kind of like that no matter what he did he drove it unbelievable and he i think he put it okay but his iron play his proximity was really bad so we've just spent a whole bunch of time on cleaning up his golf swing and simplifying it uh like if you jump on my instagram i've got quite a few vince's golf swings you can just see He's one of those guys that every time I post a swing, people, you know, a lot of people don't really know what they're looking at out in the world, but they know what pretty is. (laughs) And uh, everybody comments like, that's the perfect golf swinger. That's awesome. Just because of the simplicity of how the club goes around him and his pivot. So we just uh, cleaned up a bunch of the narrow, you know, gave him a bigger shoulder turn, shorter arm swing, widened him out so he could get the club in front of him faster, shifted him way more up on top of it. His sternum was way behind the ball. He's kind of hitting more draws now. He's, he showed up and he was playing a fade, but he was playing like what I call like a safety fade. Guys that get struggling, they realize that... He hit kind of a controlled little cut that worked kind of. But he had really he's got a really a draw by his pivot and he was trying to play a fade with it. And and you're never gonna you're never really gonna be great if what you're doing doesn't match up to your shot shape. And that's like when guys show up the first time, I always ask them like what shot shape you want you do you play? And they'll tell me and I'll run a 3D on them and see, hey, does this does this pivot pattern match this shot shape? And if if it doesn't, then I'll either go we can shift the pivot pattern and try to try to match the shape, or we can shift you the other way. I don't care. We can go either way. One one's easier than the other, but pick your poison, you know? Yeah.
0: Let's um let's talk about Vincent for a second and the club. A couple key words you said. You said it kind of got in early behind him. Yeah. So the club head kind of got in behind the hands and then did the shaft did the shaft then, was it, you know, kind of too horizontal and then steepen in transition, or was it, like, in behind him and then he kind of, you know, kind of then picked it up and steepened it?
1: Yeah, he had he had what I call the Instagram swing. You know how everybody, once you have a bunch of flexion in your lead wrist and suck it way in behind you? So he yep. had a bunch of that going on, and so then the, the shaft would get, if just for the person listening, the shaft would get kind of parallel to the ground and then he would pull it and stand it up and steepen it out of the top. Does that make sense? You oh, know, yeah. yeah. People understand that. Yep. So yeah. You know, so
0: it was it was steepening in transition. Yeah. And then from there, he, you know, when you do that, you have a couple options, depending upon if you want to fade or if you want to draw it from there. But like you said, you know, these guys, these guys are so good that they're gonna make kind of anything work. Right. Yeah. But when you do clean that up. And let's talk about that for a second. You got the club head a little bit maybe more out in front of him. And then from there, you know, the shaft was in position where he could then shallow it out a little bit early in transition, yeah. which then opened up the idea for his body to be a little bit different as far as maybe rotation through the impact and a little, little simpler.
1: Yeah, what we tra- the main thing we tried to do was take the flexion out of his left wrist so he wouldn't suck the club head shut in behind him right out of the gate. So more of an open club face, neutral lead risk going back, which made the club more vertical, which naturally made the club, the center of mass of the club, want to fall in behind him on the downswing. So really, you know, a lot of times when I'm teaching people, I'm talking about the golf club's really heavy when it's in motion. We want to use that weight to our advantage. So that's all we try to do is if, if we just try to get the big heavy part, the, the golf club, the head of it, out in front of him with a face a little more open on the backswing. So then it would naturally fall in behind him. And even if he wanted to hit, you know, and this was when he was still trying to hit a fade, you still want to hit shallow fade. You want some shallow to fade it. You don't, you know, you don't want that steep across deal because you know, you got a hot left and a high right. and that. So. Unless
0: That's, you're Ricky Fowler, right. And you just,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tillery's working on him so he can. Good luck yeah <laughs> that's, that's a tough that's job tough. there i you know I'm curious one, you know man.
0: yeah I, I you know I looked at um I looked at Ricky's swing the other day and it looked it almost just looked like it did four or five years ago perhaps
1: yeah you um, know I talked to uh you know I room with jt John yeah. Hillary most weeks on tour and and a lot of it is what jT was kind of doing to him was actually kind of putting him back to where he was and you're exactly right I think that's what John you know I can't exactly speak for him yeah. but I think that's what John's done there is you know put some of that vertical back in there you know and got him from sliding off the ball to the right so much you know he'd kind of with all that butch stuff he'd roll that face open and try to make it look all pretty and he'd stand there flat-footed and roll it open and shift the center over the right a bunch and then then, you know, the rest of the pattern didn't match up, you know? I mean, there's – you got to – when guys that have non-typical golf swings like that but are really good, there's <clears throat> normally two errors that make a right, you know? So you got to watch out taking one of the errors out It's if that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's like matching up the broken parts. There's plenty of guys over the history of golf that have done it and been phenomenal at doing it. But you can't take one of them out of there, you know, and it was part of that steep he had going back work for when he laid it down.
0: Rapsodo mobile launch monitor, improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats. And stores video with shot tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment. Not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable. Case is about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor check it out at rapsodo.com r a p s o d o.com rapsodo.com yeah i talked to john when he very first started with Ricky a while back and you know you could get the sense that it was going to be a big job you know yeah. as far as what what needed to happen there and and where to go and it's a tough it's a tough job because even though you believe in where you're going to go with a player players have feedback Um, You have to manage those expectations and other things that go on. And it's just not as easy as it looks. So let's go back to Vincent for a second. So his lead wrist club has more on front. His lead wrist takes on a little more extension going back. Yeah. And the club shafts a little more stacked up. And then from there, the change of direction. Now the lead wrists start working in deflection, pitch of the shaft can start working more behind him. Right. And now, from a pivot perspective, Scott, what have you seen improve? Has he been able to now just, you know, rotate a little bit cleaner and um, yeah club I mean, shaft comes in a little bit, not not as high of a handle and exiting more around him to the left?
1: Well, you, you know, when you, a guy has a steep in there coming out of the top, you know, he doesn't shallow it out of the top, it has a steep. It's really hard to push him over on top of it because it's going to make him steeper. So yep. once we got the pattern of the backswing fixed, then – we could push him over, push a sternum up over on top of it and get more pressure on his lead foot at impact, which in return makes the club face way more stable. Like, uh, you know, I was using a swing cap mat or using a gas plate, what you always see with guys that are really good ball strikers, left arm parallel to impact, they don't move the pressure in their left foot more than 5 or 6%, you know? And guys that hit it, you know, it's not nearly as accurate. When that left arm parallel on the downswing to impact, they're moving 20 30% of the pressure to the left foot. So what, what you're trying to do is get guys, get the club in a shallow position where they've got enough shallow in there, they can move their sternum and stand over on their left foot way early so they're really stable, and then they can thump down on it. You know, a guy like Boo moves like 3% from left arm parallel to impact he's already standing well on his left foot so then they can just throttle that club face but you can't do that from a steep just because it would make you super steep and you'd hit hot left so it's like the biggest the biggest thing we did was first we had to fix his backswing pattern to get him more of a shallow to steep golf swing instead of a steep to shallow and then, then we had to shift him over on top of it to give him club face stability, so his scoring irons would be, you know, his accuracy would greatly increase. And that's really what he's done. That's why he's making so many cuts. He he drives it good, and he, you know, he's a pretty good iron player now. You know. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, and just to round out this conversation with the old pattern with the shaft steepening, then he had to he had to back up, right? He had to take yeah, on some side bend to the right. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that, Scott, you hear the term a lot in the lesson, T, like, and I know that when I first got in the industry 20 years ago, it was like, you bump your hip, right? You know, the hip kind of bumps and the spine stays back. And yeah. that goes consistent with this pull down of the shaft, which could have been perceived as shallowing, but yet the shaft's still vertical, We're even though we're just, you know, you're just kind of pulling it down, right? I mean, talking 15, 20 years ago, um, But to your point, if you're steepening, then you get on top, like that's tough. Like you're going to get a lot of wipes. You're going to get some hot shots off to the left, but now it's shallowing. So now, like you said, he can, he can get more on top of it, turn less side bend to the right. Do you like the idea of not bump, but kind of almost like get, like you said, get there early, kind of falling into the left foot, left shoulders down and around versus up. Is that something that you Uh, kind of get into as that pivot starts working?
1: Yeah, 100%. Man, the thing is, I've had a gear system for years, and uh, I probably captured more tour guys than anybody on the planet on my gear just because I'm friend, I've taught out there so long, I'm friends with so many tour players, I don't even <laughs> teach, you know. So, I've done 3Ds on a bunch of people that I don't even really instruct just to right. see what they're doing. The biggest thing I've learned out of the 3D stuff and all the people I captured, and unlike me, like uh, the what I do when I get technology is I'll run because I have such a great database. I just run people through it and see what they tell me, not what the manufacturer thinks, you know? So the biggest thing I've learned about using the 3d is what the pelvis does and what the spine does on world-class golfers. And relatively it kind of does the same thing. The pelvis, the center of the pelvis moves about an inch to less than an inch to the right, right right-handed golfer. To, to the right on the, on the backswing, then it moves about three and a half to four inches forward on the downswing. But the center of the sternum stays right up on top of the center. The difference between the center of the sternum and the center of the pelvis at impact is about the width of a golf ball. That's how on top of it they are. So hmm. you're exactly right. Like when you start figuring out the shoulders, the right shoulder and left shoulder are independent. They're not one fixed thing and that you can wind up and get your right shoulder behind you and then start separating your left shoulder out, like pulling your left shoulder around you at the beginning of the golf swing, and the left shoulder kind of works forward, down, and then back up. Uh, That's the guys that hit it the best. They're on top of it. Not that the guy, like the old school swing, where they'd tell you to push your pelvis out. The pelvis would run out underneath then you jump into a bunch of right bend and the left shoulder go way up in the air. Actually, that's what we fix all the time. You know. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's great stuff. I mean, this is like meat and potatoes of uh cleaning things up, simplifying things, um and things that amateur golfers can do. I mean, I, you know, uh, all the time, you I'm getting things shaped better, getting the the club pitch properly coming down and it's funny when you clean things up in the backswing and then, and then now it starts to clean up on the downside, like the pivot starts to kind of, okay, I got to do this now to, to get the club face on the ball. And it just, it's like a nice little snowball effect as you start getting things organized and, and an amateur player can do it. Vincent Whaley, just looking at him right here. I mean, 20th at Schwab, 26th at Byron, twenty sixth Fargo, 29 Valspar. I mean, this is what I was talking about. A lot of top thirties here you look at his stats um, from the beginning of the year to now. I mean, he's really trending, not just in one area, but all areas. I mean, he is, uh, his numbers are in the green, not the red. As I look at it here, Um, last five events, average strokes, gain summary. You look at off the tee, look at approach, you look at around the green, look at putting. I mean, he's, he's trending in in the, in the right direction, which uh, you've done a great job. Let me ask you, but another guy you started working with Brant Snedeker who Brant's such a great guy I've met him a couple times and I want to get him on the podcast because I think he'd be very interesting to talk to because he's worked with a lot of guys I mean Brant's been out there a long time oh yeah I mean this is a guy that's played I mean, one <laughs> who nine knows nine. how many professional <laughs> golf tournaments in yeah. his career um and he's he's kind of a trip man you watch him like he knows how to play the game. And then yet I think in the last two or three years, he's kind of jumped around, maybe searching a little bit, but like your boy, Whaley, Snedeker is playing good golf. So yeah. maybe he's found his match here with Scott Hamilton. What, how do you approach a guy like a Snedeker who comes to you, got all the track record in the world. He's worked with a lot of guys. He's probably heard it all, you know? Um, and he comes to you, Scott needs some help. What do you uh, you're like? Okay, I, what what's what's happening in your mind as you approach a an experienced player like Snedeker?
1: You know the thing about it is he has he has been to a lot of instructors. Uh, he was I think he was almost at two this year before I showed up. Uh, but the thing is, the first thing I did was you know he flew into Cartersville, and I picked him up, and I ran him down to my studio. And he was like, okay, what are we doing here? I thought this wasn't going to be like technical because, you know, the shtick is I'm not very technical. Well, if you don't want to be technical, you need to know what to work on. And that's what I told him. I'm like, "If if you don't want me to be technical, then you need to let me run in here and run a 3D on you and see what's broke so we can work on the one thing that we need to fix. So, you know, once he did it, like he's a super smart guy. Like Mm -hmm. once we did the 3d capture and I showed him how kind of crazy his pelvis action was and what his knees were doing and he got it. He's like, Oh, okay. I totally get this. And then you can do it and prove it and measure it and, and work on it some more. So it really wasn't that complicated. What was interesting. He's never had great ball striking stats. He's just, the guy can score like crazy a uh, phenomenal putter great short game and you know the number one thing that he should get credit for is he knows how to play golf and where to miss the golf ball on tour events that's why he plays so well at tory it's he shouldn't play good at tory if you look at him he's not long mm-hmm. it's just that he knows where to miss it and missing it on a tour course is what it's all about so it was it's you know, it's been a learning experience with me too. Like I've just kind of got him back out on the map. It's you know, I don't have him hitting it the way I want him hitting it yet, but I've got him back out kind of in front of him with a one-way miss. And that's all that guy needs to compete yeah. because <laughs> like I told you when we got on there, he'd had one top thirty a year, and I think he's had three top ten since I've taught him for like a month and a half. What was but this pelvis doing? It what what was going on with him was and the thing is Anytime I get somebody like that that's a a player that's been out for a long time, before they ever show up, I get on YouTube and I look at the history of their golf swings. I'll watch everything I can find on there. And then I always ask them when they played the best, what year, and look at those, watch those a whole bunch. He's really had the same flaws his entire career. He's just managed it. You know, it's got worse and better. But what he did uh, when we got him on the 3D is he had a whole bunch of knee bend that dress, like, you know, the average tour guy is about 18 degrees of knee flex, which is about even right and left knee. He had a whole bunch of knee bend, like 25 degrees. Then he'd bend his right knee up to like 38 degrees and out over his shoe. And he bend his left knee, like 43 degrees. Well, if you take somebody like Boo Weekly, that's kind of textbook. And I talk about Boo a lot because Boo's such a great ball striker. So I always – I've taught him forever and I always kind of look at and I know his stuff so well. But he kind of is a textbook, uh, what his knees do. He he sets up there at about 16 degrees of knee bend. At the top of his golf swing, he loses about six degrees of bend in his right knee and adds about 20 degrees of bend in his left. And then he just scissors them, you know, then the pebble level the pelvis levels back out. You know, by doing that, if you straighten your right and bend your left, your right side of your pelvis is going to be up about 16, 17 degrees. Boob gets up to like 22 degrees. Well, that gives you a downhill pattern where you can shift over on top of it. About left arm parallel, the the knees kind of balance back out. You know, they they get where they have the same amount of bend. Then the left knee gets less bend and the right knee gets more. Well, with Brant, when he jumped in there, he had so much right knee bend uh, and, and you know which lowers you to the ground and flattens your pelvis out that he couldn't get shifted over on top of it and get back out of the ground so it made him stuck and made his his butt come into the ball so we just and we haven't got it where we want it yet we just tried to clean up what the knees do to make his his pivot way simpler and it's you know it's worked up to this point for sure i mean he's of all the rounds he's played he's played one round that like the third round that colonial that wasn't any good and you know the the unbelievable thing now with this tour cast especially a guy like him they show him all the time so i mm-hmm. can sit there when i'm teaching and watch him hit shots i'm like oh god he's got his right knee way over his shoe again that was the day he drove it bad you know
0: DraftKings Sportsbook sports book is not only my favorite sports book but also america's top rated sports book i love using DraftKings king's sports book it is easy to navigate has plenty of instructions for new betters and nearly limitless ways to get in all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1. And if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Travis when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TRAVIS for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wagers paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call it 1-800-GAMBLER, or in Indiana, one 800 with it mm. Yeah, he's, well, let's see, Six Valero, 11th Valspar, 17th Nelson, 50th at the Schwab. And, uh, you know, he um, he knows how to win, yeah. um, you know, as he starts putting the pieces back together. He is last win, 2018, at the, let's see, the Wyndham one, yeah, I think yeah. it was the yeah. Back at the Wyndham. Then of course, there he is back in 16 at Torrey at the Farmers. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: to your point, um, his putting is, is uh, he's always been a great putter, right? And yeah. that pop stroke, it's short game week on the podcast. And here we are just, I mean, going deep dive on the swing, which is awesome because I know the audience loves it. They love the coach speak. They love how to just understand, I think patterns, right, matchups, things that players are are working on. I think what's interesting with Vincent, what I've learned here, Scott, is is he's taken on he, he's taken on some pretty good size change with you, um, with his oh, yeah. with his swing. I mean, he's made some pretty wholesale changes and has come out very well on the other end. Um, but for short game week, you kind of think about putting, short game. I know you focus primarily on swing, but you do, I'm sure, some stuff short game wise and putting. I see guys doing some putting stuff in your lab there in Cartersville as well. Um, talk about talk about how what you've learned maybe in a short little pitch around the greens, and perhaps how that's different than a full swing when it comes to the pelvis and the spine.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, the 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 guy that I send most of my people to is Tim Yelberton, uh, which he'd be an interesting guy if you'd get on your podcast. He, What's his last name? Yelverton. He teaches Kisner and uh, Stallings and yeah. he, Scott Brown. Like he helps a bunch of guys on tour. He's from Mississippi. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing, it's like all that scissor action in the leg stuff. It's, it's really goes away on those short pitch shots. It's more of a bend the left knee ride the left knee, bend out, keep your sternum up over, over the left side of your, of your left shoe. I mean, over the right side of your left shoe and spin your pelvis around and keep that bottom consistent. That's it's, it's really is quite a bit of different shot than a regular golf swing. And that's where you see people get in trouble when they jump up and they get all that scissor action going with their legs, with the short shots. It just, first of all, it's too much of a power source that you can't manage And second of all, it makes the bottom not consistent.
0: When you say ride the left knee out, explain that.
1: Uh, You know, one of the easiest ways, like if your people listen, want to kind of play around with it is stand mostly 95% on your left leg, bend your left knee, kind of drop your right foot back and get on you know try to get the pressure off your heel just maybe get on your toe and just ride the bend of the left knee out don't straighten your left leg at all yeah,
0: as you're turning through
1: yeah and if you watch like especially european guys hit bunker shots you know they always look like if you want to kick up some youtube those european guys always have those bent left knees in the bunkers where they pitch the club up in front of them and it'll give you a feel what I'm talking about
0: yeah i love that I haven't heard a word like that. That's awesome. Ride your left knee out around. I want to talk about one more player. I know you got lessons all day. A guy that uh, is is an excellent player. He's playing in the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. And um, I'll admit, I kind of forgot about a little bit. His name is Michael Johnson. Really good, let's say, mini tour player who kind of a resurgence here playing great golf. You've worked with him for just over a year. We're going to see him at the U.S. Open Tell us about this uh, special talent.
1: Uh, yeah, Michael reached out to me uh, probably a year ago, and, you know, he was a guy when he, and I I remember I kind of met him a little bit. I didn't really know him that well, but, you know, all the Southern guys hang out together. You know, we were at a Chili's or somewhere, or Buffalo Wild Wings, I remember when he'd just come out. And I think, I mean, I think he literally, like one of the first events he played in, he top ten or did something right out of college he played at auburn and then he just kind of vanished i kind of had myself had kind of forgot about him and uh he sent me some videos and he was just you know his setup was all bad he ran way out in front of him he told me to, to, to hit literally hit the ball off the toe for two years wow he couldn't fix it and uh we just got him over there and same deal threw him on the 3d yeah, I mean, the first video he sent me, I drew a line on the back of the golf ball and his entire body was in front of the golf ball at impact. That's how much he slid out in front of it. He's like, a, and you know, not a big guy, but powerful, like, you know, can hit 122 mile an hour club head speed with a driver easy, easy cruisy. So, I mean, this guy's ran way out in front of it. And we just changed his whole pivot pattern where we got him working way more down on the ground and up instead of laterally where he slid to the, to the left really hard, if that makes sense, Yep. which gave him enough room. And then he could get the club, you know, out of the, he'd get the ball off the toe. What was interesting with him was uh, a lot of what we did to him was we just kind of put him back where he was. Now we would made part of his leg action way better than it was when it was in college. But a little of it is, I'm like, send me the best when you played the best because the guy was world class, man. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just kind of put him back where he was more than anything that we did fix his backswing, put it back where it was normal looking. You know, he had the club weighing behind him and, you know, he's fighting the center of mass and the club was heavy. So, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think he played the mini tour event last month or something, won by 15 shots. I mean, the guy, and, You know, it's interesting, and you know this teaching people. This guy has a mind for golf. He's super calm. Like, you know, he doesn't have to hit it perfect. It's the guys, when you're hanging out with young people that are developing and the guys that send me, you know, I'll start these mini tour players and they're sending me nonstop videos all the time looking to hit it perfect on the driving range. I'm like, this guy doesn't have a chance, man. The guys that really know how to play they're just trying to miss it out in front of them. They understand that like a sneds or a Michael Johnson or, you know, all the tour guys I have get that. It doesn't have to be perfect, but right. You know, when I get the guy that's like, I can, I'm doing good, but like my one lob wedge shot is not good. Well, they, those guys struggle mentally. They just, it's not what golf is in reality. Golf's a bunch of misses with about four good shots.
0: <laughs> Michael Johnson played at uh, Auburn looking at him right here he was you know all ssc first team back in 2016 and you know he was a he was a talent and now he's uh it sounds like maybe just kind of i don't know regrouping a little bit and kind of pieces maybe coming together and and now give this thing a go good opportunity at the um, at the us open but he doesn't have any status right like right now there's
1: Uh, i mean he he has some you know this is such a weird year especially for guys like i think he might have had some Latin America or Canada, but like, I think you could turn it down. Or uh, there was, it's such a weird year. I don't know what he has, honestly. I mean, he's 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 a guy I guarantee you he's going to be on tour. When they get the tour school started back up, like where guys have an opportunity to improve, this guy's better than other people. Love it. Yeah.
0: Great stuff, man. Appreciate your time this morning. I know you have a busy, uh, busy go, but uh, we'll be watching. I'm not worried about sneds, but I'm excited about, um, yeah, I'm excited about Vince, see how he uh, how he finishes up the year. Maybe he gets his first win this week. Maybe this is a good karma for him here. I've had that impact now. We've been out in front with a lot of young players in the pod, Sam Burns being one of them. And he won like, I'm telling you like three or four weeks later after Scott and I broke him down. So you can pretty much count on a win coming for Whaley in the next month. How's that sound?
1: I'm ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You go back to Chili's.
1: Hell yeah. Back to chilling, baby.
0: (laughs) Scott, thanks, buddy. Well, uh, best of luck, and um, we'll talk again.
1: All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. See you soon.
0: I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout-out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting-edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter-weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course with their award-winning elixir and avant 55 golf balls they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels visit encoregolf.com backslash travis fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game now back to the stripe show